Here we go. Welcome to Guardians and Gladiators, our first episode of 2022. And as it is going, as it is 2022, I'm still not in the Hair Club for Men Club. Unbelievable. <laughs> My name is Lozy. My co-host is with me as always. Is D. How you been? I'm good. Happy New Year, Lozy. <laughs> Happy New Year's. How was your holiday season? It was good. Yeah. It was good. Busy with work. Mm-hmm. And then they locked us down again. Yes. Yeah. And that <laughs> affects your job, right? That that shuts down uh, the restaurant there. So you're out of work. You're bored and lazy. Feet up on the couch. <laughs> couch surfing all day now, aren't you? <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure you'll keep yourself busy and especially having your daughter there. She's going to keep you busy and you get out there and enjoy some of the nice cold weather we're starting to experience. Now. Oh, yeah. Winter yeah. in Canada. You got to love it. <laughs> right? Eight degrees one day, minus 15 the next. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great. Well, it's exciting to be back. I know we took a little break there. Uh um, it, it, it gave everybody a chance to enjoy the holidays. And the main reason we like to say is we took a break so all of our new listeners could catch up on all the episodes before, right? And we That's hope they've right. all had a chance to do that. And they're all caught up with uh, Lozy and D and Guardians and Gladiators. And here we go kicking off 2022 with a pretty decent episode, if I do say so myself. Oh, yeah, we got a couple of good guests. We do. We're going to speak with a local athlete here in London, uh, Chris Innes, talk a little bit about uh, some of the sports that Chris takes part in. Uh, and then we're going to move on to the main man in Ontario, aren't we? This guy is the, the top cheese when it comes to Special Olympics in Ontario. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Who do we got? Yeah. Who's our special guest today? Glenn McDougan. McDonnell. We'll just say McIndell. We'll just call him Glenn, right? Everyone says his last name the wrong way, but it's uh, Glenn McDonnell, who is the president and CEO of Special Olympics Ontario, is going to join us. And um, Glenn always has some great information, and we'll be able to find out kind of where we're at and where we're going as far as Special Olympics go in Ontario, right? Yep. Good. Excited about it. Uh, looking forward to it. It's really nice to be back. I missed this over the holidays. Uh, and I know you did too, didn't you? Oh, I sure did. Yeah. Well, here we are. We're back and we're going to take a short break. Come right back and jump into our first guest right after this. And welcome back to Guardians and Gladiators, folks. And our first guest for 2022 is 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 an athlete that's been to multiple worlds won a lot of provincial games national games welcome to the show chris innens yeah uh meet all these all these athlete people no no we just let's just say hi hi <laughs> how are you today chris oh it's good that's good um <clears throat> when when did you st- Third Special Olympics. Uh, 1991. So how long have you been at it now? Uh, about 31 years. Wow. And how how many how many sports are you doing right now? Uh, I've been doing swimming, skiing, and soccer, golf. I've been. 
And well, what was your sports outside of it? Outside. Outside of Special Olympics, did you any other sports? Snowshoeing around the park. And? Uh, ice hockey. Ah, yes. and what group do you play ice hockey with, Chris? George Bray. George Bray, yes, we've heard of that a few times on here from some of our other athlete guests have talked about playing for George Bray. That's excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was one of your big accomplishments through Special Olympics? competition yeah i've uh, been with uh like <clears throat> this uh versatile training for skiing yeah but what have you done what what uh, what uh, how how successful have you been uh been to the provincials and nationals and world right and um what how many medals have you been won i got a lot about <laughs> <laughs> So, Chris, when you talk about going to the world, what countries have you been to for the world? Austria, representing Canada. Wow. And what event did you take part in there? Uh, Alpine ski. In Austria? That must have been amazing. I've seen pictures world. of Austria and, and the mountains and the... the yeah. That, was, it, was it really beautiful there? Sorry, what was that, Chris? Arnold Schwarzenegger. You met Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger there? Yeah. Oh, Jeez, wow. that's amazing! And what yeah. was the what was the scenery like there? What were what did the mountains look like? Uh, the Alp. The Alps. Yeah, what did they? It look was like? all this like there was some snow and there was some slush. Yeah. Mountains tall. Yes. Wow! Like anything we have in London, was it even close to Bowler Mountain? Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. Eh? <laughs> no way. Um, we're. Where, where are you working now, Chris? I'm working at Waldo's downtown Cover Garden Market. Nice. Right on. Dishwashers. Nice. Oh, good. How long have you been working at Waldo's, Chris? Uh, almost two years. Two years. That's great. We like, to, we like to talk to some of our athletes that come on about where they work because we think it's great that these places, you know, hire our athletes and, and have them work in there. And it, it's great. Do you enjoy working at Waldo's? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are the people nice there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and being in the market, you probably get to see a lot of people during the day, eh? Yeah. Well, I should say when things are normal, right? Not like right now. Yeah, he's, uh, he, uh, he gets quite busy there. Where did you work before Waddles? Oh, uh, Windermere Manor. That's right. Yes. Seven years. And we've Maybe. been there for some events up there, haven't we? We've had some. <clears throat> I remember actually when you guys were heading off to the worlds, they had a little uh, ceremony up there, right? Yeah, that's great. Me, me and Chris used to work together at Windermere. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you guys get up to no good while you were working there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. So, Chris, what have you been doing to keep busy now that we're, we're kind of restricted in what we can do? Uh, what do you do every day? Snowshoeing. Snowshoeing, nice. And you said around the park. Which park is that that you go? Jesse Davison. Oh, nice. Nice. So you're hoping for some more snow, aren't you? Yeah. Most people don't want snow because they don't like it, but you're hoping for more, right? Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. I actually like the snow. I always find that in the winter, you can always dress more and, and get warm. But in the summer, you can't get cooler, can you? No. <laughs> what do you have in the backyard that you can use in the summer? 
in the pool. Yeah. Ah, so. you got a pool in the backyard. Nice. And you were saying you take part in golf as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so does uh, the host of our show here, Mr. Lozon, also a <laughs> golfer. Have you yeah. guys golfed together? Uh, yeah, a few times. Yeah, nice. So, Chris, we keep hearing this voice in the background, and I know it's not a ghost. So who do you have with you this morning? My dad. Your dad. And can we introduce your dad? What does your dad do as far as Special Olympics go in London? Uh, he's a uh, uh, chef. <laughs> he's a pretty big deal when it comes to special olympics in london isn't he yeah yeah it must be nice to have a dad who runs everything eh no i don't run everything <laughs> i just try and give everybody what they need to run <laughs> we're pretty fortunate to, today because with chris being our our first guest of our new ep our first episode of 2022 and here we have his dad john who John, what's your official position? Is it president of Special Olympics London? No, the actual title is community coordinator. So community as coordinator. the title uh, suggests, uh, the idea is uh, that I chair the community council and uh, the community council is made up of volunteers who uh, work diligently to give all of the uh, managers and coaches of the various sports that Special Olympics Ontario London offers gives them the resources uh, that they need in order to do the programming that uh, we offer to all of our athletes. Excellent. So you, you along with our second guest of the day, who uh, just happens to be the president and CEO of Special Olympics Ontario, have really elevated our show. Hey, Lozi, we, we have we've become a pretty important podcast now when we have people uh, like this to join us, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> That's who we needed. <laughs> so, Chris, what are you looking forward to the most? And hopefully when this pandemic settles down and we can get back to, to doing things out there, what are you looking forward to the most? Oh, uh, the sports. Yeah. Is there a sport in particular that you, you're excited about? Like golf. Golf, yeah. Probably all of them, right? Would that be fair to say? You just want to get back playing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would you yeah. say... What, what's something else that you miss a lot in relation to this? Have you made a lot of friends through Special Olympics? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because like I'm a skiing and swim. Yeah. And the people. Yeah, the people yeah. are important, aren't they? It makes it fun when you get to see all of your friends out there at the events, doesn't it? Yeah, he always likes to uh, joke with uh, the people and give them a hard time. So, oh, oh I, yeah. know. I know when some of our torture and people come out and we play, uh, I think we, we played floor hockey against you guys before, Chris. And, and I know uh, some of the girls on our Special Olympic, or sorry, on our torture and team, you're familiar with some of them because you give them a hard time and joke around with them, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we have something we like to do with all of our athlete guests. I'm going to let Lozi tell you about it. So, so Chris... Yeah. As as athletes, we follow an oath. Can you can you tell me the oath? Oh, the Special Olympics oath. This oh, about all those rules. No, what is the oath? What oh. is the oath that you? Say? I don't know. Let me. Let me win. If I cannot win, let me be brain your tent. Nice. So, can you tell us in any of one of your sports when you were brave in the attempt? Uh, try your best. No, what sport were you afraid? Uh, skiing. 
And what happened? And I cut my leg on oh. an accident in North Bay. Staying <gasps> my fucking oh. fifteen. How many sutures did you get? Eight. Oh my goodness, that was a pretty deep cut. So he wow. was uh, he was participating in the downhill. And uh, it was a particularly icy day. Uh, the ski flew off at the, when he was at the top of the hill. He got back up, put uh, the ski back on, uh, came down, finished the run. That run basically eliminated him from the metal runs uh, for the day because, of course, uh, the clock was still ticking. But he still he went back up and did a second run, came down with a phenomenal time. And uh, as he was sitting at the bottom of the hill waiting to, uh, you know, warm up and see his time, one of the volunteers went, oh, my God, and looked down and there was blood on his leg over the top of his boot. And uh, what had happened was the metal tip of the ski had slashed into the front of his thigh and uh, had actually cut it so deep that he needed multiple stitches, ended up going to the hospital. But he was so focused on the uh, competing that day that he didn't even notice that he'd been cut. Wow. So you, wow. that second run that you did a great time on, you did it with this cut. Oh my goodness. Uh, see? Yes. Good for that. <laughs> wow. That is exactly what that oath says, doesn't it, Chris? About being oh, brave yeah. in the attempt. That is amazing. And then tell them what you wanted to do that night with sutures in your leg. Uh, the dance. Yes. <laughs> so one thing common about all Special Olympic athletes is that they love to dance. Yes. That's the actually... first thing he said to the doctor. Is he dance tonight? <laughs> oh, I love it. That is great. And, well, the big question everyone's waiting for, Chris, did you go dance that night? Uh, yes. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Well done. Oh, that's great. Well, Chris, we were really excited to have you on our show. Thank you so much for sharing those things with us. It's excellent. We really hope that things start to turn around and that you can get back out there. Uh, I don't know if we'll be turned around in time for more skiing this year, but hopefully by the time golf season comes, you'll be back out there with your friends and you'll be kicking this guy's butt, the host here, right? You'll be kicking Losey's butt out on the golf course, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's the better golfer, you or Chris? I am. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation whatsoever. <laughs> you didn't even think about it. All right. Well, maybe we'll have to have a competition at some point here between the two of you, and we'll we'll talk about it on our show. How does that sound? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thanks very much, Chris, and thank you to your parents for joining us this morning. We really appreciate this. Uh, we wish you all the best and we hope that things clear up so you can get back out there and involved in your sports again. Happy New Year's. Happy, Happy New, Year New Year's to you too. To you too. Wow. All right. Losey and I will be right back after this with our next guest. Welcome back to Guardians and Gladiators. Our first episode of 2022 is off to a great start. And as we move on, we just get bigger and better here. Joining us now is, uh, let's see, the we call him the big kahuna. Lozi, is that what we should call him? We, sure. are, <laughs> we are being joined by the president and CEO of Special Olympics Ontario, Glenn McDonnell. Glenn, thanks for joining us. Uh, great to be here, fellas. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, You're welcome. 
Our pleasure. Our pleasure. So, Glenn, as the man in charge here for Ontario, at least, um, can you just, I know this is going to be almost an impossible task, but in a, in a few sentences, how would you sum up 2021 as far as Special Olympics in Ontario goes? Challenging year, uh, Derek and uh, Chris. Yeah, I think uh, everyone who's part of Special Olympics knows that, you know, we we were uh, we got a few of our programs somewhat opened up, and in the summertime, uh, you know, programs like golf, etc., seemed a little bit more, uh, you know, easy to get rolling. And then in the fall, we began to get bowling and some of those up. We got as many as almost thirty percent of our programs uh, happening. And then uh, we, uh, you know, we hit the pandemic that we're in right now, and uh, and we're kind of hunkered down. But uh, you know, the the enthusiasm, I think, uh, guys of uh, of our athletes and coaches have been really. Uh, really terrific because before Christmas, you know, when people are, are beginning to plan, they're, 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 they're looking to get this pandemic behind us, but they sure haven't forgotten about our athletes and the programs that uh, we love so much. Yeah. As we, as we were doing this podcast, um, you know, we started up uh, just in early fall of last year and it seemed like each week, Lozi, as we were doing our podcast, we got better news every week. It was great. You know, oh, we yeah. had athletes on and, and you yourself, one episode, Glenn, I had to, Oh my goodness. I had to turn the volume down a bit. This guy was cheering and yelling because floor hockey was coming back and uh, the excitement <laughs> was unbelievable. But every guest we see, every athlete we seem to talk to every week, just we have better and better news. And it was really encouraging. Wasn't it, Lozi? I know you yourself. Oh yeah, it was great. No, but great. Uh, I mean, here we are, we, we've had to deal with this, you know, a couple times now in the past and some setbacks, but I guess we got to stay optimistic, right? Because there's a lot brighter days ahead. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Derek. I think the uh, resiliency of, of folks, I know I had a lot of chats with athletes and volunteers last week. And, you know, everybody's, you know, hopeful that uh, this particular wave isn't going to be as long or, or as, as difficult as, as some of the ones we've gone through. Uh, that's the optimistic side. We have to plan, as one coach says, you know, we've got to, you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best. And, 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 and so, when we mean worst, we mean we're pretty tired of, you know, Zoom virtual competitions, et cetera. But I think some of the things that we've been trying to do to make things a little bit more like sport, you know, those are first and foremost, like, you know, as opposed to, you know, just uh, encouraging athletes to get out for a walk, et cetera, but to try and find ways that makes it a little bit more like sport. So we're continuing to work on on some of the ideas that, that will make it, uh, you know, make this particular part of the pandemic not seem as long and drudgery and, and, and in some ways guys what we're doing here this morning is really part of that you know sports all about is, is all about having fun and as one athlete said that's the part not so much that everyone hasn't done all their all the best they can possibly do to you know to get through this the last couple of years it's just that the fun isn't quite the same you know the things that we enjoy most is when we're all together and and that's been the difficult thing so we have to keep our chins up and and you know podcasts like this and there's you know, every week there seems to be somebody inviting me on, whether it's a bunch of athletes or in one part of the province or another part of the province and coaches. And that's really good. That speaks, uh, speaks well to people looking and saying, I got to, I got to stay in contact with people. And, and if this is the best way I can do it right now, uh, you know, good on you two guys for, for doing this for our London St. Thomas, uh, you know, Southwestern Ontario crew. And, and this is, this is good. It, it keeps people plugged in. When, when did you uh, start, Starting with uh, Special Olympics, Glenn. Wow, uh, Christy, um, I uh, actually worked at, um, at a, an institution for people with intellectual disabilities down in the Smith Falls area. 
And then I joined Special Olympics as a field staff. You know, one of your good pals, Bill Mills, uh, was my uh, orientation officer. So Bill and I are longtime friends. And, and then uh, when Jim Jordan, who was the executive director of Ontario at the time, uh, was going over to Special Olympics Canada, I, uh, I inherited the, the, the leadership role that I'm in today. And I've, believe it or not, Chris, I'll tell you how old I am. I'm, I'm 32 years. I've been uh, you know, executive director and the president of Special Olympics. So when I run into guys like you who've been around the movement a few years, it, it's, it's, it's fun because I've been around a, a little while myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now you guys, you guys know each other fairly well, right? Loji, you were saying uh, Glenn was even um, a participant in your little, uh, your little group chat that you have with some of the guys here. Yeah. Yeah. We just thought, let's fight. Let's see who else can join us and send him a message. And there he was one day. <laughs> join us for a little bit. It was fun, Chris. I really enjoyed that. It was, uh, it was fun to just, uh, just, to, you know, one of the things when you have a smaller group, like we are today, we can sort of kibis back and forth easy. And, you know, there was only three or four of us, I think on that day, Chris, and it was fun to, tell some jokes and some stories and some, uh, and some, have some, have, as I like to call it a little bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when, when you became the, the president and CEO of Special Olympics Ontario, what, what was your vision of moving forward? I guess, Chris, one of the things I, I, I always tell people, like I think at the time when I became the executive director, we had about 4,600 athletes in Ontario. And I actually think at the time, the board was probably looking for somebody who was a little bit more like the volunteers and the coaches. And I had been a coach uh, down in the, you know, Eastern Ontario area. And so I kind of really knew what the program looked like on the ground. I, you know, my background is sport and recreation, but, but certainly uh, I had, had, you know, had a few years, uh, you know, involved with Special Olympics. So uh, it was kind of easy for me to, in some ways, uh, to you know, look and say, well, you know, the most important part of this organization is the grassroots. It's where our athletes practice and play and where our coaches, you know, come on board and, you know, and, and, and everything else flows from that. And so, you know, I always look at, you know, when I, when Derek's on the phone, I always look when people looked and said, you know, well, how come, you know, the torch runs seem to, to, you know, grow so much in Ontario versus other places. It's because I always look at the law enforcement community as the, as the best vehicle for us to create awareness in, in our communities. You know, there was always a, somebody under, know who a police officer was in Belleville or Stratford or, or Kenora. And, and, and that was my strategy was to, you know, build that relationship with the policing community and put all our focus on the grassroots and grow it. And if we grew it, then, uh, then the rest of it would, you know, would, would flow from there, you know, fundraising would improve, our games would get bigger, all those kinds of things. So, Everybody always looks at it the other way because we certainly, as you know, Chris, you've been in many games. You know, our games are pretty exciting and great. And, you know, we, there's a lot of people who've done such a great job of organizing our games. But, you know, as, as, a, as a guy that's been in, in the program, the best parts of the program is probably the, you know, Tuesday night, night bowling program or the floor hockey program or whatever sport that you're actually in because that's where you see your buddies, that's where you practice, and that's where the fun all, all begins. Yeah, I don't know how many times, Elozi, we've had athletes on here and we, 
we have a thing, Glenn, where we get them to recite the oath, and then we ask them to tell us about a time where they were brave in the attempt, or you know, or their greatest memory of Special Olympics. And it's if we had a percentage, we'd probably be up over eighty percent of them. It's got nothing to do with the sport. They actually, it's more to yeah. do with the friendships they've made. We've had people on here have met their spouse through Special Olympics, and they're married. Chris and I, we even talked about getting a dating app for Special Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Everybody we had, they met on Special Olympics. It was pretty. Funny. Yeah, it really is, you know, and, and I, I, you know, when people always says, you know, ask me, you know, like, um, what's your best experience? I'd say the same thing, Derek. I'd say it's, it's, it's really never about, you know, a world games you attended or, or something that, you know, you were, you know, you, know, you got credit for for doing well. It's always been, you know, the friends that you met along the way and the relationships that you have over, you know, for, for me over 30 years, you know, and, and, uh, and, and that really, when you look at it, you say, geez, I don't think, you know, if I hadn't been part of Special Olympics, uh, uh, none of that likely would have happened. Uh, my fr friends wouldn't certainly be as wide as they are, you know, across the, you know, across the province, across the country, across the world, you know, and, and, uh, and for sure, I think that's, I mean, I think I was talking to a parent before Christmas, you know, and they said that that was the thing that was most difficult for their daughter who's uh, in Special Olympics and said, you know, it, it's, you know, the sport has been terrific and she's improved as an athlete, et cetera, but God, does she miss the social connection to her friends and the routine that goes with that. And, you know, when we think about if any of us that likes, you know, sport, like I haven't played old timers hockey in two years, you know, like you, you look at it and you say, well, geez, you know, all the fun that you looked and say, geez, I can't wait to get out of this office. And we used to help play for, you know, hockey at five o'clock and hell, I was trying to figure a way to get out of the office by three, you know, and, you know, and so the, all this kind of fun that we have that kind of flows through sport, a lot of it has to do is I didn't become a better hockey player. I just missed the guys. <laughs> so after, whenever it comes down, when all this pandemic is all over, what's, what's the vision for Special Olympics to move, to move on and move forward? Chris, that's a great, it's a great call. And I guess if anything we've learned over the last couple of years, it's not that you can kind of cast something in stone, but we are really working on, on a plan. And one of the things that a number of volunteers are working behind the scenes on is something that we're calling, going to call hometown games. And really, for lack of a better term, it just, it's just going to be in some ways uh, the way uh, to make competitions come back because they won't come back in, you know, 500 people or a thousand people, they'll come back in, a floor hockey tournament with, you know, four or five teams in it, you know, or a, you know, a bowling competition with, you know, a hundred athletes, you know, cause there'll be, I'm sure we're going to be, you know, battling the, you know, the, some of the regulations in terms of what you can do and, and then just how comfortable people will feel in terms of traveling and staying over in hotels, et cetera. It will come back uh, overnight. And so we think, and, and, and within that, you know, we're talking about, you know, having, you know, medals and ceremonies and using that as sort of the, the bridge back to, you know, to bigger events. And I think if we do that, Chris, I, like how long have you been in the, in our, in the program, Chris? Long you, how long have you been part of Special Olympics? Uh, 2004. 2004. So, okay, well, you're, you're, you're getting, you know, you're getting close to 20 year mark. So you'll know what I mean. Like, you know, when you'd have a regional four hockey tournament or something like 20 years ago, it was, it was really, it was like, we didn't really have real major games till about 25 years ago. So, like we really used to kind of focus and say, okay, we're having a, we're having a floor hockey tournament and London's going to host it. And in came St. Thomas and Windsor and Chatham and whatever. And that became a pretty exciting part. And that's kind of how 
games kind of rolled out of that. So I think one of the good things about having a couple of us old guys around uh, who who remember what you know kind of regional games look like and local core hockey trips look like, we we put the shine and the focus back on that. We'll be so. I think we're. I think the athletes, Chris, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think they're so looking forward to competition of any. Oh yeah. You know that oh, that yeah. that that uh, that I think that'll seem like, you know, it'll seem like a huge thing. And then before we know it, I think we the rest of it as our confidence gets, you know, built back, it'll come back quicker. But yeah, we're working right behind the scenes right now to sort of saying, you know, just as we would in a normal time, you know, it, you know, the spring sports, the summer sports, the winter sports, like which ones, like some of the challenges like we were dealing with before Christmas was that the facilities don't come back all at once, you know, so schools as an example. So, so like it may be, it may be the summertime or, or the next fall before we get back into the schools the way we were before, you know, cause we had a lot of programs, basketball, for, uh, we had a lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of local programs operating in schools and, and they'll come back, but but it might take us a, a little longer than some of the municipal facilities. Right. So I'm going to switch gears here just for a second. And this upcoming week is a big week for Special Olympics nationwide, isn't it, Glenn? When we're talking across Canada here, this is a big week coming up. And funny enough, all three of us are involved in this next week. Um, Losey here is going to be one of the athlete volunteers. Uh, I will be there uh, as one of the representatives from Special Olympics Ontario. And of course, you have a huge role in this, Glenn. Talk to us a little bit about this coming week, which, you know, uh, I guess we could refer to it as like a lobby week or or something like that as far as the federal government goes. Yeah, Derek, thanks for asking me. Uh, uh, we started back in Hill Day about, oh, I'd say, let's say eight or nine years ago, you know, where we successfully began to, you know, lobby government, let government know what we're doing. And, and, uh, and it really did help us. We we were able to get access to some uh, funding that's helped us really grow the program on the ground. And, and you know, as we've kind of gone through this pandemic, uh, not to bore you with all the details, but we, we have a, you know, a funding, uh, a funding proposal that's going back into the government. It's sort of a renewal. It's not really asking for more, but it's to try and retain what we actually have. And, and uh, you know, we have some friends that, you know, former board members like Ron McLaughlin and Sector, who, who, who've done a lot of work with government. And, Ron encouraged us to to he said that, you know this is this is the way government actually has to operate right now and 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 you know and elected officials whether they be from London or Waterloo or wherever they are they're interested in what's going on in their in their communities and they encourage us to say listen you should organize your hill day where we're not able to all traipse down to Ottawa like we did you know uh, four years ago we are able to have some meetings with uh, elected officials and senators etc who will want to hear our story and will want to know what we did with the money that they gave us the first time around. And, and, uh, and they were very encouraging to us. And, and so to the moment, Derek, one of the things that's like in Ontario alone, like we would have had on a, a normal Hill day. And that's when we were really, really well organized. You know, we, we had, uh, we had about 27 meetings, I think on the Hill, that was as many as we could with as many people as we were able to kind of drag down uh, this year, we'll have 54 meetings. Uh, with with elected officials so you know uh, it's great that you and Chris are going to be part of that um, and really I think for law for lack of a better term it's really just letting government know and and letting those folks who uh, who we elect from our different uh, local communities uh, what we're up to and and uh, how they can help us good good yeah looking forward to the weekend I know Lozi you are as well uh, yeah just listen you can't spend the whole time 
talking to the member of parliament about this podcast all right you have to talk a little <laughs> yeah, bit know. more I about know. some other things okay? <laughs> you've done more than just create this podcast all right so yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right just to wrap up Glenn, a lot of times um, when we speak to athletes here and they talk about, oh, I was working yesterday, whatever, and we'd like to give a shout out to, to the, the employers that hire people with intellectual disabilities, because there's a lot of guys we've had, guys and girls on our show that have worked in places like Home Depot for a number of years. And, you know, it's great. And we like to recognize those people. Can you just think top of your head a few sponsors for Ontario that we can give a quick shout out to that, that really help out? with Special Olympics, like on a regular basis, they've been with us for a long time as provincial sponsors. Well, three that come off the top of my head, uh, one which uh, uh, had been with us for about uh, five, six years, Deloitte and Touche, they've been terrific. Deloitte has a number of employees working, uh, working in their accounting firms and they've been a big sponsor. Uh, both Tim Hortons and Zobies as well have had a number of our, uh, of our uh, athletes work and, and are actually wanting to you know, to grow that participation. One of the things when Tim Hortons came on board is it was ironic how many people, they didn't actually know until they sort of checked themselves how many athletes they actually had across the country, uh, you know, working uh, locally. And that in some ways, I think guys was uh, one of the reasons I think Tim Hortons continues to be interested in Special Olympics is that, you know, that uh, they were, they were they, I think they were pleasantly surprised where it came, you know, in conjunction, not again to bore you deal, it sort of came when we were, going to the world games in LA and we were able to kind of broker this relationship with Tim Hortons. But I think when it got down on the ground again and, you know, local franchisees and that started looking around and said, absolutely. You know, I've got, you know, I got George has been with us for 10 years and he's been working and he's the best employee I have, you know, and it sort of kind of grew from that. And the next thing you know, across the country it was like a wildfire. So I think those stories I think uh, are really important. And I think uh, as, as you well know, Derek and Chris, the, 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 Sport program is really just the platform we use to, to get people more involved with their communities. And so it's great now that, that employment is beginning to become a, you know, a, a, a more important and it's gonna be even more important than ever uh, coming out of this pandemic because we know how that has you know, really disrupted uh, everyone's lives, including our athletes. Uh, I've chatted to a number of folks who've, uh, you know, who've either, you know, either been laid off or shuttered for some reason or another most of it pandemic related. Uh, and, uh, and they really missed that part of you know, their life, not only the paycheck it provided, but the, that social connection again, of, of seeing you know, the value they felt from, from their work life. So there'll have to be a lot of attention on, on that side as we come out of the pan pandemic as well for, for our folks. Well, I know as a, uh, well, now retired police officer, uh, that was basically the reason I ate as many donuts as I did was to support <laughs> Special Olympics. <laughs> Nothing to do with anything else other than that was just a way to support Special Olympics. That was all. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing about it, Derek, there's a, there's one, I, I always look at the partnership we have with law enforcement is kind of not a, I didn't even think corporate sponsor, but, but we have all kinds of our athletes all over the province of Ontario who work uh, at, uh, at, uh, police locations you know and I mean lots mm -hmm. and and uh, and that's great too because I think it's really put a uh, a real uh, positive um, you know personal face on uh, what the movement's all about for someone who supports it the way uh, the law enforcement community does good and I promise uh, I won't get into it now because we're running short on time but in our wrap-up here when Lozi and I discuss it I'm gonna give a little tease as to something related to Tim Hortons that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So we will get into that as we wrap up because <laughs> you don't even know about it, Lozi, and I'm already, my mouth's starting to water thinking about it. So 
<laughs> anyway, Glenn, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the podcast. It's been great. It's been nice. Hopefully our athletes that have been listening, you know, although we've had a tough year behind us, they start to look forward and are optimistic towards what's to come in 2022. Chris, Derek, thanks very much for inviting me and to all the volunteers and athletes out in uh, London and St. Thomas and Southwest who are listening. Uh, keep your chin up. Uh, we'll get through this and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs> thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Derek. All right. And Lozi and I will be right back to wrap up after this. Welcome back to Guardians and Gladiators. Well, the what two fine guests we had today. Great stories. And I can't wait to see where Special Olympics goes from here after this uh, pandemic is over. Absolutely, Lozi. It was a great show. Chris Innes, what a story that was. Imagine going back up to the top of the hill after a severe cut to your leg like that, not telling anybody and coming down with an incredible time <laughs> skiing down. <laughs> yeah. That's, but, but of course, the best part is that once they stitched them up and got him healed, he's out, for, he's out the breaking dance. a leg on the dance floor <laughs> like that night. Unbelievable. <laughs> Excellent story. And speaking of great dancers, no, I shouldn't say that because I have no idea if Glenn McDonnell can dance or not. <laughs> I'm sure he can, though, because there's not much Glenn can't do. So yeah. that was great talking with Glenn. Uh, a great recap of, of a challenging, as he put it, a challenging year in 2021. You know, but all kinds of reasons to be optimistic about 2022. So we're excited about that. Uh, just at the end of speaking with Glenn there, I gave a little tease on uh, something to do with Tim Hortons and some donuts. So what I was talking about there was coming up at the end of this month, uh, I believe the dates are the 28th to the 30th, Tim Hortons, who are a national sponsor with Special Olympics, uh, are continuing their tradition of a, a day to celebrate Special Olympics and Special Olympics athletes um, with the choose to include day of inclusion type of thing. Uh, they're gonna be offering a special donut that is made only for this purpose. I've seen a picture of it and it looks delicious. Now, you could put anything on a donut and I will think it looks delicious because I have to say, <laughs> I love my donuts. <laughs> but that's coming up and I'm sure you're going to hear a lot more about it. There'll be some <clears throat> advertising done through Tim Hortons. You know, so we really hope that all our listeners uh, look forward to that. And on that weekend, get out there and purchase, you know, don't buy one because it's never enough. Buy a dozen. I'm telling you, you'll eat them. <laughs> Share them with friends. But that, yeah. that is coming up at the end of the month. So keep an eye out for that with Tim Hortons and uh, the, special, uh, the special Special Olympics donut that is coming out. Exciting news there, right? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> is this the third time they did this? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Because um, I remember the first year they did it actually coincided with the 50th anniversary of Special Olympics. Uh, and then we did it again last year. And then, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the third year for it, you know, but I got to say the donut looks pretty, pretty appetizing. So I'm sure they'll have <laughs> some images of real soon. With it. So that's exciting. That's coming up. Um, you know, for the, in the meantime, we, we are going through a tough stretch again where we're kind of stuck inside, but you know, we've been through this before. We'll get through this again. Um, Keep in touch with people. Listen to your podcast. <laughs> Cheap little <laughs> plug there. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, 
you guys have your your little chats. Sometimes you do on video chats to keep in touch with people. You know, make sure you do that. It doesn't mean you're stuck inside. You can get outside and enjoy the fresh air. It is a great time of year in this country. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, bundle up, put some warm clothes on, and get out in the fresh air because it does you the world of good, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Good. All right. Well, that was a great way to start off 2022. We're excited uh, about this year ahead. We're going to keep moving forward, and we look forward to next week's episode. Oh, I'm excited for what 2022 comes with us this year. Nice. All right. So thank you again for joining us. We will be back next week. Lozy and D, looking forward to chatting with you then. Until next week, keep safe and have a good week. <laughs>